Genesis uh, 37. Um, <coughs> I'll just do, uh, have a look at a little bit about uh, Joseph. But, uh, <coughs> you know, it's uh, yesterday Pastor David was uh, talking a little bit about the confidence uh, and assurance and one thing and another and having a sure thing. And uh, I'd been thinking of these verses because I'd used them all quite a few months ago and was just happened to be thinking about them again. And um, <coughs> that when the Lord makes a promise uh, to people, um, that promise, regardless of what uh, happens um, to in a person's life, that promise has to be totally and completely fulfilled uh, in exactly the way that the Lord laid down. So <clears throat> if the Lord tells us something today, uh, then there's absolutely no room really for doubt because we know that it is going to come to pass. So all the promises that the Lord has made to people, even though they might have waited uh, 25 years with Abraham, they might have waited uh, uh, 100 years with Noah, and uh, here with um, uh, Joseph, at the time the Lord made the promise to him, he was only uh, 17 uh, years of age. And now what the Lord uh, told him through the dream, which we'll read of at the moment, in a moment, is uh, <coughs> when you actually think about it, it was a huge responsibility uh, that was to be placed on this uh, young man's shoulders. And um, <coughs> little did he realise that it, uh, uh, through it, it was going to cause him a lot of problems. Uh, and yet in all that, he never waned uh, from what uh, uh, he actually believed. So we'll read him from verse uh, 5, Genesis 37, 5 to 11. And we read here that Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren, said, Behold, I've dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the stars, uh, and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Now, I said, what do you think of this? He's a 17-year-old boy. He was the 11th son out of 12. And uh, so his older ones were been quite a few years older, who had been, perhaps been dominant uh, in the family and working and overseeing various duties around the place. And here's this 17-year-old boy, suddenly has these two dreams and he starts to tell his brothers, uh, one day I'm going to be chief in this house. 
uh, you are going to literally bow down before me and, <clears throat> and I'm going to, in a sense, rule over you. Uh, it's obvious from <laughs> what the family thought, these uh, brothers, uh, that they didn't like one little thing that they were hearing. And, um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, the Lord made this promise to Joseph. And, uh, you know, for the next short, very short period of time, it's obvious he'd gone away and thought about it and thought of the responsibility. Uh, but later on we read that his, um, his uh, brothers took him and they wanted to kill him. And then they changed their mind and uh, they threw him into a pit. Then they sold him down to, uh, uh, down to uh, <coughs> or gave him away to the Midianites. He went down into Egypt. He was sold as a slave. And there, of course, uh, the Lord blessed him under these circumstances. And he started to rise up in the household. And Potiphar's wife, and the captain of the guard, his wife, uh, started to play up one thing and another, but <clears throat> I'd like to think of what would have Joseph been thinking at this particular time when the Lord told him he was going to be head over the family and instead he's, his family tried to kill him or his brothers, as said, uh, he gets sold into slavery and he thinks, well, <clears throat> this is what, not what the promise was all about. Here I am in a different country. I was a slave, and it's obvious the Lord has blessed me. And the one thing I think is that you have to hang on to is you reflect back and you think to yourself, right, the Lord told me this. He gave this to me in a dream, and it's been, <clears throat> and I know it's true. So somewhere down the line, regardless of the circumstances that I'm in at this present time, they're going to be completely turned around again. And uh, <clears throat> something has got to happen in my life where the Lord is going to lift me out of all of this because the end result uh, was what he should have been looking at. It's the same with us. Our end result, of course, is uh, to, to rise to meet the Lord in the air and eventually be part of the kingdom of God. And there's nothing in this world that can take us away from that if we continue to walk uh, with the Lord. There's absolutely nothing can take it away regardless of what goes on. And this was the same with Joseph. And of course, eventually <clears throat> he got put back into prison again. And I think that Potiphar could have been really angry and believe in a false report and uh, to go into the dungeon and he might even have been put in chains, we don't know. Uh, but eventually, of course, uh, uh, he won the, uh, uh, the prison guard's favour and he started to rise a bit in the prison, but then through the story of the baker and the, the butler and <clears throat> I forget which one died, uh, but the other one was reinstated and he promised to tell um, Pharaoh about uh, Joseph but he forgot about it of course uh, uh, for two years until uh, Pharaoh had the dream and, 
But I don't want to look at that. I'd like to just now turn to chapter 45. Uh, but he had, Pharaoh had this dream of the seven overall of the seven good years and the seven uh, bad years overall with the cattle and one thing and another. But, uh, and through this, of course, uh, there was this famine. And, you know, we really, in this world today, we live in a real time of famine. Not of food, but of the word of God. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And so, as uh, Joseph uh, uh, revealed uh, what these, uh, this uh, uh, Pharaoh's dream and all that was about and placed into a position of authority to handle the situation, so the Lord has placed us in a very similar situation again. He has committed unto us the word of God and uh, a word that we do not handle deceitfully, but we handle faithfully, truthfully, uh, that others uh, might have life more abundantly. And here, <clears throat> after um, um, his brothers had come to him, they'd come to him more than once to collect food and one thing and another, but on the last visit, uh, we read here in chapter 45 uh, that Joseph reveals himself uh, to his brothers of who he actually is. And he says in verse uh, 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither, hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve your posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it is not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father, and a pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And here, as we said after, uh, uh, I think overall it was about 13 years, um, <coughs> uh, or a bit more than that, that uh, from the time that he was sold into slavery uh, to this time, now he could see the fulfilment of what uh, the Lord had actually said to him. And there's uh, no doubt that uh, in the previous uh, bit of time before this, when his brothers first started to come and uh, he saw them, and perhaps he started to get a really much clearer picture overall of uh, the events that were going to take place. And he realized his position and he states it very clearly in these few verses. There's no need to be angry about this. There's no need to be grieved. There's no need to worry. This is all the hand of the Lord. And that he's uh, sent me before you to preserve your posterity in the earth. And it's just uh, it's one of those things that you could say that he had to live with. But the end result was far greater uh, than what he had been through. Some people not, might not think, well, God, could, you could have done it another way. Uh, but God uh, elected to go this way. And, of course, uh, the end result was truly as uh, 
He was made, I believe, a second in the land under Pharaoh, and he certainly therefore was going to be uh, ruling over his, uh, his family. And <clears throat> I, the thing, of course, the simple important thing to remember is that regardless of any circumstance, God is going to fulfill his promise in the lives of his people and the statements that he's made to us, he is going to bring them to pass. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And that's exactly what happened uh, with uh, Joseph here. And we really praise the Lord for it. So, <clears throat> I mean, one could uh, perhaps think of this 17-year-old boy as he went through and he's got older and he was <laughs> obviously... Uh, had a bit of thinking up and down and what's going on and why is it happening to me, this is not what God told me and all that sort of thing. And uh, the same as us, we might wonder why does, do things happen? And uh, well, <clears throat> simple little statement is God knows exactly everything about our lives before they happen. So he must, in a point, one point, he must allow them to happen. And just as... Uh, Joseph would undoubtedly have come out this in a far, far stronger belief and trust than what he was ever given unto him at the start. And that, of course, is the, the same in our life when we see uh, the, uh, <coughs> the result of what God has done for us. Uh, let's turn to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. <coughs> actually looked at this uh, verse... <clears throat> on Tuesday, <clears throat> first, uh, hadn't used for a long while. <clears throat> and I was using it in the light of um, <clears throat> the fact that uh, in these few verses that we're going to read here, from verse 5 down to verse 8, is that what we read is a about a group of people who were on fire for the Lord. And the important thing was uh, that uh, I was trying to point out was they had no scriptures, they had no Bible apart from the Old Testament. There was no such thing as a book of Thessalonians or, or book of Acts or whatever at all. So <clears throat> what were they ministering? And the, the ministry was really the assurance that they had inside of them through the Holy Ghost. And Paul says here in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, and of course we can use the Old Testament scriptures, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So these people that Paul's writing to were a very confident bunch of people and it must have shown. It must have been a time where they were, shall we say, demonstrating the spirit and the power of God in their lives. And without the word of God, that's all they could do. They could just go forth, they could talk, they could explain what had happened to them, they could talk of miracles and all the wondrous things that uh, God had been doing not only in their lives, but in the lives of others. And when we think of uh, people of, in third world countries, um, and that is many of them uh, 
shall we say, I've never heard of a King James Bible for a start. This was a point I wanted to bring out on Tuesday, is uh, they'd never even read a Bible. They wouldn't even have been able to afford a Bible. And I know a bloke in Zimbabwe that was baptised and filled with the Spirit, was speaking in tongues, and he used to go and preach the gospel, but he couldn't read or write either. And all he done was preach on what he heard and uh, from when we were there. And uh, through it, there was this elderly man uh, who uh, got baptised, received, and uh, one of his feet was totally and completely deformed, and he prayed for him, and the person was completely healed. And <clears throat> the testimony, therefore, that is in us is by standing sure and firm and strong, is, it can show a lot. And <clears throat> in a sense, Paul is perhaps reflecting a little bit on this when he says our gospel came to you not in word only, but in also in power. So there would have been a demonstration of the spirit and the power of God. And <clears throat> so this became to these people an enormous thing because as we go on to read, Paul says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you are in samples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God will be spread abroad, so that we need not to speak uh, anything. So <coughs> these people... Thessalonica is tends to be, of course, I think somewhere in Greece, is uh, they would not, uh, or there's a good chance they would have not only known anything about the Old Testament, a lot of them. So all they were doing was basing their teachings completely on what the Apostle Paul and others who'd been there had taught them. And this is just such a great thing that they were there, like a, in a sense, like a sponge, absorbing this word through being born of the Holy Spirit and of course the Spirit leading into all truth that they then were willing in other words we know what we have received and they were able to go forth and to minister the word of God so they had a wonderful testimony about <coughs> what had happened to them and uh, so they were prepared, therefore, to live this life and regardless of the circumstances. Paul said there back in, um, where is it, in verse 6, having received the word in much affliction. So things were certainly happening to them, uh, perhaps not as drastic as what happened to Joseph, but again, they were not to be deterred in what was um, going on round about them. God had made the promise, okay, he's made it. It has to happen, it has to come to pass one day. And when you think that, uh, when you go on to read here in verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, uh, here's a promise of the Lord's return, and that's 2,000 years ago. And, uh, you know, <coughs> it's been a long wait. And uh, But... Uh, we're still believing today that the Lord is going to come back and of course uh, very soon and uh, I know when I came to the Lord in 1971 I think I was at a Clarendon uh, Easter camp 
I think Dave, who was there with, and I know Pastor Graham was there, and I could remember us standing there, and I think there was something going on in Israel. And we were looking at each other and sort of pumping our fists, this is it, this is the Lord coming back. And that was 1973, I think it was. Now that's for, for 48 years ago. And uh, well, we'll admit we're a lot closer now than what we were then. And, uh, you know, but uh, we can see the day approaching. And I think Joseph also, as he perhaps towards the end, he'd have seen that day approaching when, hey, what the Lord, those dreams the Lord gave me are now to be fulfilled at this particular time. Just to finish, uh, go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, <coughs> please. pick it up in verse 1 when we think of all what took place in the book of Acts of course uh, there's a number of them we're just going around ministering the word of God and uh, uh, and just on, on their enthusiasm through the power of the Holy Spirit Paul says here in verse 1 called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and so that's our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the... Sorry, I'm reading the wrong bit, aren't I? Did I say chapter 2, didn't I? Yeah. I am getting old. I use that as an excuse. So... Chapter 2, verse 1, sorry. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And this brings us to another point is our testimony. How great is our testimony uh, to actually give, uh, not only, of course, in such a meeting, but uh, to the people of the world. Uh, people can't argue with that. Uh, <clears throat> and our testimony... It stands sure, it stands firm. And of course, <clears throat> Paul says here, verse 2, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ. So he was so full of zeal and enthusiasm that he just uh, poured it all out about what the Lord had been doing. And here he was, as said, in demonstration of the spirit and the power of God and to persuade the people that he meets. And uh, this is what uh, persuades people, is that when uh, things start to happen in front of their eyes and the people receive the Spirit, people get healed, and all that, it certainly makes them sit up and take uh, notice, but others that are standing by uh, will also... Uh, perhaps have a desire to really know what the gospel is all about. But we are that witness, we are that testimony, and we're the ones that are just, uh, should be, <clears throat> in a sense, determined 
full of enthusiasm, and yeah, there could be troublesome times, as Paul says in verse 3, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, as it's mentioned there in Acts uh, chapter 18. And yet, there's always this end result. We can always look beyond our situation, know that we're going to come through. There's the other side that we're going to be standing uh, sure and firm on <clears throat> what uh, is uh, and what we've actually received, knowing that the Lord, has, of course, has already gone before. The whole thing that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but actually in the power of God. So we are a living, uh, shall we say, miracle, and uh, we live our lives by miracles every day and uh, because we're using the Holy Spirit. And we should never, in a sense, want to fall short of that which the Lord has granted unto us. And all the people said, <coughs> and back to, I uh, believe, John.